listening to this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. All right, we're doing a summer series in the month of July called Surviving Burnout. And uh, you may be wondering, why are we talking about burnout in the summertime? Um, because it's burning outside. That's as much reason as we need. But y'all, the past few years have led to a dramatic increase of reports of burnout in the world. I mean, the statistics are wild. 75% of workers have experienced burnout, with 40% saying they've experienced burnout specifically during the pandemic. And that's according to a site called flexjobs.com. Indeed.com says that 67% of all workers believe burnout has worsened over the course of the pandemic since 2020. Eagle Hill Consulting says that 36% of employees said their organization isn't doing anything to help with employee burnout. 61% of remote workers and 53% of on-site workers now find it more difficult to unplug from work during their off work hours. That's according to Indeed.com. A Gallup poll said that burned out employees are 63% more likely to take a sick day and two and a half times as likely to be actively seeking a different job than the one they've got. 20, only 21% of workers say they were able to have an open, productive conversation with their HR department about solutions to their burnout, and 56% went so far as to say that their HR departments did not encourage conversations about burnout. That's according to Flex Jobs. And Gallup poll says that burned out employees are 23% more likely to visit the emergency room than non-burned out employees. Burnout is a real problem in our age today. And there's a spiritual dimension to burnout that I think whether or not we feel burned out at work, whether or not we even go to work, <laughs> maybe you're retired and you're thinking, what does this have to do with me? But there is a spiritual dimension to what's going on in our world right now that we could all stand to pay attention to. And this summertime, this, this kind of vacation season is a, is a great time for us to reorient and attune our lives to the rhythms that God has put in place for us. So that's why we're talking about burnout for the next few weeks. You might ask me, well, what even is burnout? I read a, a great book on burnout recently by uh, a woman named Anne Helen Peterson. It's called Can't Even. And it's how, how millennials became the burnout generation. And, and even if you're not a millennial, you roll your eyes at millennials, I think it has a, got, a got lot of great wisdom for us about burnout. And she says, burnout is when you hit the wall. But instead of collapsing or taking a rest, you scale the wall and just keep going. It doesn't happen because our to-do list gets long or because we're weak-willed or because our kids won't go to bed on time. Burnout arrives when every corner of our lives feels unstable. And we convince ourselves that working all the time is what will fix it. 
So today, we're going to focus on the relationship between burnout and work. And we're going to see how Moses was staring down the barrel of burnout and how some wise advice from his father-in-law helped him to avoid it. We're in Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 26. The next day, Moses sat as a judge for the people. While the people stood around him from morning until evening, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, why is it that you're doing? What, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out for both you and these people with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You should represent the people before God, and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions, and make known to them the way we are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for men among, for able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy, and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easy for you, and they will tear, bear the burden with you. If you do this and God commands you, then you will be able to endure, and these people will go to their home in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men from all Israel and appointed them as heads over the people, as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times. Hard cases they brought to Moses, but any minor case they decided themselves. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we can see the pickle that Moses is in here. He's been called to lead God's people. God picked him out. God sent him the burning bush. God didn't send anybody else the burning bush. And he has this responsibility that comes along with his calling. But his sense of responsibility has way outpaced his capacity to get all of the stuff done. So his natural inclination is to stare down the limits of his capacity and do what so many of us end up doing. Just try harder. Stay up later. Get it all done himself. I believe that Moses was a great example of buying into some lies that our culture tells us hook, line, and sinker. Moses just epitomizes this idea of burnout that happens in the world today, and it happens because of lies that we tell ourselves. And before we get on to what these lies are, I want to tell us that when I talk about a calling, we're going to talk about calling a lot today. Ministry or vocational ministry is not the only work that God calls people to. God calls people to every kind of work. 
And I'm operating under the assumption today that whatever you are doing, whatever your vocation is, it's something that God has called you to do. That you are following God's call and that you're living out God's call for your life. Okay, so when I talk about calling, I don't mean a calling to be a missionary or to be a preacher. God can call people to be a salesman. God can call people to be a a plumber. God can call people to be anything God wants to call you to. And that calling is just as valid and just as important as the call to vocational ministry. Okay, that caveat's out of the way. Okay, so let's talk about the lies that Moses believed and the truths that God, that his father-in-law helped him to see instead. Number one, the lie is if I just push harder, I can do it all, right? If I just give it that extra little bit, I can do it all. You know what drives me crazy is in, in, when it happens with coaches a lot. They say, I want you to give 110%. Y'all, 100% is the top limit of what you can give. Drives me crazy. It's just not mathematically possible. I know. Ruth disagrees me about this. But it's the lie of limitless capacity. You do not have limitless capacity. There is a limit to how much you can give. There are only so many hours in a day, and there is only so much a single human can accomplish given those hours. And if we try to go above and beyond that, we inevitably diminish the results. (laughs) The, The amount of work that we put in versus the amount of results that we get out goes way down. So the problem is, burnout not only affects you, but it also affects the people that you're called to serve. And we see this from Moses, right? His father-in-law said, not only are you sitting around here with all these people, the people are waiting for hours upon hours to get their cases heard. And someone who might have the serious case has to wait for a hundred people that have a dispute about something dumb to get resolved before they can get seen. And and these people are not being served well. They're not being served efficiently. And we think, if I just push harder, I can do it all. But the truth is, people notice when you're burned out. Your, Your ability to serve people well goes down. Jethro saw it right away. He says, these people are not being served well. Not only are you going to crash and burn, but the people are going to get super frustrated waiting all day, every day to get seen by you. You're creating this bottleneck that doesn't need to be there. The lie is if I just push harder, I can do it all. But the truth is the same God who created you and gave you a gift and a calling also created you with limits. And he did not create you to push those limits all the time. It is okay to acknowledge your limits, acknowledge your capacity, and to get help. It's okay. God did not create you to be a working robot all the time. He created you to be a human being. He gave you limits, and he does not expect you to push those limits constantly. Now, are there times when God might call you to go beyond your comfort zone, to go beyond what you think your limits are, to do his work? Yeah, that happens. 
It happens all the time in Scripture. But it doesn't happen 24-7. It doesn't happen all the time. And if you're constantly pushing your limits all the time, that's a problem. So the first lie is if I just push harder, I can do it all. The second lie is that because God has called me to this work, if I don't do it, it won't get done. And you can see this all over Moses' uh, conversation with Jethro. He says, the people come to me because they seek God's will. Notice the implications. They come to me because I'm the one who knows God's will. And if I don't tell them what God's will is, ain't nobody going to tell them what God's will is. But Jethro said, no, you can teach other people. God hasn't called only you to your work. He's called other people too. Just because he's called you doesn't mean he's called just you. And if you hog all of the work, you're robbing other people of being able to live out their calling. The fact is, the truth is, God has invited you to your work. But the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills doesn't need you to get his work done. He invites you to it, but he doesn't need you. There's this kind of pride that comes with burnout that says, if I let my guard down even for a minute, then the work will fall apart. As if God isn't omniscient and omnipotent. As if God won't hold things together. As if God won't sustain the work that he's called you to do. The solution isn't burnout, the solution is inviting and empowering others to do the work alongside you. That's why Jethro says, teach them God's decrees and instructions. Show them the way they're supposed to live and behave. Select capable men and appoint them, and that way you can do it together. And that doesn't mean that Moses is lazy. He's not, he's not giving his responsibility away. He's inviting other people to the work with him. So that way he gets to do the important stuff. He gets to actually take a break sometimes and, and get his head right. He gets to focus on the big picture stuff of leading the people of God. And then other people are empowered to listen to the voice of God for themselves and provide righteous judgment. And the people who are relying on the service get to have swift justice. They get to actually get their problem solved. They get to hear from the voice of God faster. Everybody wins when the people of God are empowered to do the work of God. And honestly, I think this is why so many people burn out from church volunteering. Because what we do, we have this bad habit, and I'm, I have a bad habit too. Of I get someone who is willing to do some volunteer work, and we say, great, now go do it all. <laughs> And this is why people are hesitant to volunteer at church, because they know it's like, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, right? But we're not empowering the people of God to do the work of God when we just put it all on one person. And so we need to be empowering many people to do the work of God. So the first lie is, if I just push harder, I can do it all. The second lie is because God has called me to this work, if I don't do it, it won't be done. And the third lie is related to the second lie. And it's if I don't do it all myself, then I'm letting God down. 
Now, I don't know for sure that Moses felt this way. It's not proved in the text or anything, but, but I kind of got to believe that it was true. And even if Moses didn't feel that way, I, I can tell you I've felt this way before. It gets to the deep insecurities we have when it comes to work and calling. If I don't do it all myself, I'm letting God down. But the truth is, God doesn't expect you to be on all the time. In fact, according to the Ten Commandments, he he requires you to be off one-seventh of the time. Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. See, when God created you and your limits... He gave you a calling with your limits in mind. There are times when God can empower us to do amazing things that happen beyond our limits. But there are times when he expects us to operate inside them. God didn't make you into a human doing. He made you into a human being. And you don't have to perform for God in order for God to love you. You get to participate in your calling, but his love for you is not contingent upon your performance for him. His love for you comes because you're a beloved creation of his. So how can we use this example in our work lives? How can we combat these three lies? I can hear some of you right now saying, Matt, you just don't understand I can't just delegate to other people at work. We're understaffed as it is. We can't afford to get other people to come work in here. Or where I work, if if I don't do it, it really doesn't get done. Right? How can we survive burnout when we don't have the luxury of hiring and appointing other people to help us in our calling? I mean, you know, sometimes... What we like to see happen just doesn't match up with our real-world circumstances. But I think there are some ways we can learn from Moses even if our work and our calling doesn't cooperate. (laughs) The first thing we can do is make peace with our limits. Understand that you have a limit. And that going beyond that limit doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the people that you're serving. So maybe this means that, yeah, you have to push it real hard, but you got to protect your time off. One of, the, one of the real tragedies of modern work life is the cell phone. The ability to be reachable 24 hours a day, seven days a week by your boss just by sending you an email. Not every email is an emergency. You get to have your time off and you get to protect that. You get to have a limit. Another thing we can do is communicate our limits in a respectful way. It's okay to ask for help. Now, maybe the help won't come. (laughs) You got to deal with that as it happens, but it's okay to ask. It's okay to acknowledge that you're a finite human being with limits and to ask for help. If it doesn't come, you got to deal with that, but what's the harm in asking? Another thing we can do is look and listen for signs of burnout that we might be blind to. Right? It's what happened with Moses. Jethro came and he just identified like, 
oh man, this is not going to last long. Moses can't keep this up. If he tries this, it's going to end badly. There are other people in our lives who can see things that sometimes we can't see. It's a prideful thing when someone comes to you and says, I think you might be cruising for burnout. And they say, no. And you say, no, I can do it. I can push. I can just make it happen. This is what's happened to me in my marriage before. Sarah Beth has said, man, are you sure you can really handle all this? And I'm like, yes, I've got it. And then come to a week later and I'm crying and shaking because I just can't, can't do it. You know, the, the biggest miracle in this passage is that Moses actually listened to his father-in-law and took his advice. <laughs> Who are you listening to? Who has the access? Who knows you well enough and has the access to you that you might listen to them and follow their advice when they tell you that you're cruising for a burnout? And if there's nobody in your life that has access to you, if there's no one in your life that you will listen to, well, then maybe your call to action today is go find someone who will notice when you're burning out and give you support and advice. I think the last thing we can do to survive this burnout when it comes is to take our limits to God. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a reason I called this series Surviving Burnout and not Avoiding Burnout. <laughs> because in 2022, burnout is just probably going to happen. I don't think we can avoid it in the way our culture and the way we talk about work goes. But we have a God whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light, who understands, who loves, and who wants to give us support through that time. So even when we can't do anything about our outward circumstances, we have a God who cares, who listens, and who loves us. And we can go to him for support. We can go to him when we feel burned out, we can go to him when we're going to crash. And he has said that he will give us rest. So I guess today my encouragement to you is don't buy into the lies. Don't buy into the lie that if you push harder, you can do it all. That if you don't do it, it won't get done. And that if you don't do it all yourself, then you're letting God down. Because the truth about all those lies is that God created you with limits and that God desires you to have rest. Doesn't mean you get to be lazy. Doesn't mean you get to just shirk all your responsibilities. But it means that you can live in a rhythm of rest, of acknowledging your limits, and of taking these things to God. And that's good news in a world where everybody seems to be cruising for burnout. During the rest of this series, we're going to look at other ways that we burn out, and we're going to talk about the rest that God has for us. And, and spoiler alert, we've already alerted to it, but one of the primary ways that we can, we can avoid rest is by taking the Sabbath day seriously and by keeping it holy. And I want to encourage you to, to look in that direction as we continue with this series.
Let's go to God in prayer. God, so often we define ourselves by our work. We define ourselves by our productivity. We define ourselves by our output, thinking that if we can't perform, then we're letting you down. But Father, while you've given us a calling, you've given us work to do, and that work is good. That's not what you created us for. You created us for being with you. So, Father, I pray that in this cultural climate of burnout, in a cultural climate of constant availability, you will give us the grace of recognizing our limits, of accepting our limits, and of seeking help so that we can invite others into the work that you've given us. God, I'm sorry for the times when I have burned other people out in church work, when I have asked people to go beyond their limits, when I have failed to train up folks to help. God, I pray that you will give us the grace to make this church, Garden City United Methodist Church, a place where your people are happy to be here, where we work hard, but we include others, and we enter into your rest together. Give us the grace to make it so, God. In your name I pray. Amen.